Let's go back to the time when a former Marine transformed his life to find clarity, peace, and purpose. Everyone has a story. I am your host, Chris McLean. Welcome to The Time When, a podcast exploring the lives of everyday people. For additional information pertaining to each episode, visit our website, thetimewhen.net. Make sure to participate in our monthly book club. More information on our book club is also available on our website, thetimewhen.net. Now is a great time to hit pause and click the subscribe button and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Today's guest has written two books, The Sphere's Approach to Happiness and Fulfillment, and First Steps to Thriving and Recovery. Pick up both of those books on Amazon. You can also visit his website, thrivinginyourrecovery.com, or email him at garrett at garrettbiss.com. Hello, everybody. Today's guest is author of Spears' Approach to Happiness and Fulfillment, and is a recovery mindset coach and creator of Thriving in Your Recovery program. Garrett Biss. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. The, uh, our podcast, The Time When, it focuses on ordinary people telling stories about their lives. So can you tell us how did you transition from a Marine to becoming a mindset specialist? Yeah, so certainly an interesting journey as, as uh, we can all attest, probably looking back on our lives and, and looking at how things transpired to get us to where we are presently. Uh, my journey in the Marine Corps, so that, that transition was really a, a, a difficult chapter in my life, to say the least. Hmm. A lot of questions of meaning and purpose and what I was going to do with my life, what I was capable of and what I was valuing. Hmm. Uh, and, and around that time, I'd gone through a really, you know, really dark patch, kind of, you know, a rock bottom emotionally. And I had gotten to a place where I realized everything that I was doing, I mean, I had everything that society would say would make you happy. I mean, I had the house, the, the wife, the kid, the vacations, uh, great, uh, great job opportunity, lots of travel, mm-hmm. uh, many things going well. But what scared me was I realized that I was putting forth all the effort that I had doing everything that I could. And yet the amount of fulfillment, the return, like the, the real joy that I felt was minimal. So it really scared me because I was, you know, if I'm putting a hundred percent of the energy that I have, I'm wearing myself down, I'm wearing myself out. And this, this little bit of joy of fulfillment that I'm getting is, is all the return that I can get. Well, I was really scared. I thought either one of two things is going on. Either life is supposed to be this miserable experience that you suffer through and you die (laughs) at the end or, uh, and, and hoping it was the latter or, there were just some fundamental beliefs, some fundamental understanding, some things about how I related with the world, what I understood of my position and, uh, you know, in relationship with the world uh, that I was just getting wrong or just misunderstood. So kind of hoping that it was the latter, I, it, it helped me keep an open mind and search for those missing, you know, the missing pieces or find the answers to what it was. And it was a real transformational chapter of my life. 
um, and brought a lot of clarity, brought a lot of peace and has, and has led me on a path now where I have so much more fulfillment and understanding and purpose and mission in my life than I ever had before. Uh, wow. And the return that I'm getting is, is that joy and is that fulfillment that I wanted that I think we all seek. Uh, it's just that now I've kind of found the way to do that. So that's really what started the transition into the work that I do uh, as a recovery mindset coach. Because what I've taken is not just the lessons that I've learned, but also a lot of the best resources and the guidance uh, and the tools that I've learned from mentors and coaches over the years and find ways to provide that for other people that are going through a transformational journey. Other people specifically, uh, the clients that I work with are people that have struggled with addiction in some form in the past, uh, whether mm -hmm. it's a behavioral or a substance addiction, mm -hmm. um, and then help them navigate through some of the specific and unique challenges that they face as they transition to the better chapter of their life. Wow. So that, that search and journey that you said you went on, it sounds... Sounds like it was a, a, a great experience. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say the whole part of it's great. I think the outcome was great. I don't know <laughs> I'd say the experience was great, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, certainly something I'm very fortunate uh, to, to have gone through. I feel very fortunate to have had that experience. Um, it's something that I'm glad that I did, but uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't so enjoyable at the time, I guess. A lot of ups and downs, you know, it's one mm -hmm. step one or two steps forward, one step back, uh, as you, you know, as you navigate that path, but you know, many people can, can share similar stories, I guess, about their journey. You know, sometimes we make progress and then we fall down or we hit some setbacks. Uh, and really the, the journey of life is about continuing that process. You said you had a lot of help from mentors and, and coaches. How did you go about like seeking these mentor and coaches? Yeah. So really, this, uh, you know, this transformational chapter really began back in 2013 when I just left for a deployment. So I had mm -hmm. six months away from the normal routine, from everything that was back at home. And I was over in Afghanistan. And granted, we work a lot while we're there. You know, you work, you know, 14, 16 hours a day. But when you're, wow. but there's, but there's some downtime kind of waiting for things to happen or waiting for the next mission. Mm -hmm. And when you're not at work or at the office or waiting for the next mission or flying the next flight, and there's a lot of time where you have to kind of sit around and reflect and read. So I brought a stack of books. I was, was actually uh, got made fun of for the number of books that I brought with me because, uh, you know, half of my suitcase or half of my bag was full of books that I wanted to read through. So I just delved into a lot of books um, and what, you know, I had internet access. So I was watching a lot of TED talks, a lot of, um, you know, Google videos. There was like Google classroom videos. Um, mm -hmm. And, and just really trying to introduce myself to any idea just to, you know, find some clarity. And like I said, kind of find those missing pieces. And what was awesome about this experience was being able to consume so much in a short period of time. I was able to make connections between things that I don't think I could have made. You know, I realized that there's so many different people in different forms of presentation through different media were talking about or sharing some similar ideas or different pieces of a certain idea. And I wouldn't have been able to make those connections had I not you know, expose myself to so much in such a short period of time. So one thing I did to really dig deeper into that was I started journaling a lot about the, wow. you know, about the things that I was learning and the things that I was picking up. And I think mm -hmm. that's what helped me kind of make those, make those connections uh, and, and see some of that clarity. So there wasn't one specific thing that really got me started, but later in my journey, I spent some time, you know, I spent a year being mentored by a gentleman by the name of Jack Canfield, who was the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, okay. um, sold, 
you know, nearly half a billion books uh, yeah. so far, but he's spent 40 years. He started out in, in, uh, in the classroom, helping inner city children develop self-esteem in the classroom. So he's, you know, spent 40 years studying self-esteem, self-efficacy, personal improvement, motivation, uh, goal setting and, and, and achievement. Uh, so he was a great mentor for me for more than a year now that uh, has really helped me kind of bring some lessons, bring some tools, bring some resources to people uh, that need them in the way that that could benefit them the most. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so could you explain what, what exactly is a recovery mindset coach? So I, again, I work with people that are in addiction recovery and help them find, you know, navigate the, that path or find those missing tools, find whatever it is that they want. So I believe it's my job to help somebody get from where they are to where they want to get to. And mm -hmm. it's up to the individual, it's up to the client, it's up to the person I'm working with to define that. And then as a coach, it's up to me to help them, you know, with the resources, the tools, the accountability, um, setting the goals, finding the clarity to navigate that path, navigate that journey. But for everybody, that journey looks different. Everybody's trying to get to a different place, just like we're all trying to get to a different place in our life. Mm -hmm. um, everybody's trying to get to a different place in their recovery. So, you know, it's up to them to decide where they want to get to. And it's up to me to, to help them get there uh, by, by sharing not only my personal experience and the things that have helped me, but many of the other tools and resources that I've come along in my journey and my studies. So your books, Fair's Approach to Happiness and, and Fulfillment, that to me, it looks like it would also, people could also benefit from the book who are, who are not recovering from addiction. Is that, is that true? Certainly. Yeah. And I, and it really, that, that book was written for a wider audience uh, in, in everything that I do, all the tools and resources that I provide to people that are, that have struggled with addiction or living in recovery. I mean, really it's things that can help anybody. It's just the, mm -hmm. the way that I deliver the context is for people that are in recovery. But yeah, certainly that book was written with a wider audience in mind and uh, it, the, the whole message of the book kind of grew out of those journals that I started keeping back in Afghanistan. One of the wow. biggest epiphanies that I had, one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had was in kind of a new understanding about the world, about how I related with the world and about what things around me affected inside of me. So the spheres approach refers to the way I envision the world now is as three concentric spheres. So the largest sphere is everything that goes on around the world that doesn't directly impact us or affect us. There's a mm -hmm. lot of things that we hear about, either whether it's uh, you know gossip about celebrities, whether it's things that we <laughs> hear on the news that are happening to you know cities or or communities thousands of miles away. We hear about things that you know are happening in companies that we have absolutely no relationship, no involvement with. Right. But there's all this stuff that's out there that we can take on, and when we start to ruminate where it starts to stimulate fear within us, well, then that mm -hmm. does directly affect our lives. But mm. when we can find that dividing line and when we can recognize the things that don't directly affect us, I mean, the amount of things that actually directly affect our day is actually you know, quite small when we, uh, when we analyze it. But if we can identify those things that don't directly affect us and remove our attention or our focus on those things, then it frees up so much more time, energy, emotional energy, attention to focus on those things that do really matter, those things that are important to us uh, and, and can make that make a change or make a positive impact in our life. So that's wow. really the first is just identifying those things that don't affect us, uh, you know, unplugging from all these negative things that we might, that might, uh, we might hear around us that are affecting us wow. and, uh, yeah. and, and reframing that energy. And one of the things that I saw in this is kind of 
one of the things that led to this aha moment for me was mm -hmm. when we were in Afghanistan, there was one of the things that we saw on the news. So we had limited access to TV, but we could stream um, some of the news channels online. Mm -hmm. And there was, it was a factory explosion or something that happened in the Midwest. And I remember walking around the offices and everywhere I went, everybody was like glued to the TV, just watching this thing. Hmm. And I realized, you know, and, and it was just, you know, as a, as in a good 24 hour news cycle, they just keep repeating the same right. stuff over and over. Yeah. I was realized these people are glued to this and they're absorbing all of this negative energy, all of this fear, all of this message of despair and you could feel the energy of the people in the rooms as you go in. I mean, everybody was, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, expressing that despair, a little bit more melancholy, um, less, you know, less excited, less happy. And I was like, wow, this is something that absolutely doesn't affect anything in one of in, in these lives directly. And it certainly doesn't affect us over here in Afghanistan. Right. However, because we're allowing that into our minds, because we're absorbing that, because we're bringing that to our awareness and our attention, it physically affects our body. It, it, it actually affects our mentality, our mindset at the time. And then that carries forward and affects the things that you are engaged in. That is stuff that's carried into the work that these people are engaged in and doing. Um, so that's really what kind of led to that understanding, like, oh my goodness. And it gave, it gave yeah. me an opportunity to do an inventory and like, where, what are all this stuff that I'm inviting into my consciousness and into my mind? And how is that affecting the way that I feel and the way that I show up with those things that are important? Wow. So, so does your book like kind of help you walk through the process of being able to separate things that are important to you in your life? Yeah, it absolutely does. And it gives some exercises for that. At the end of each section, there's some exercises to do. Um, so that, so that's really the first step, the most fundamental shift. But then there is a bunch of stuff that does directly affect us. And in the book, I also provide some tools or some lenses for which with we can see these things or analyze these things to find the positive or find the benefit that comes from it. Uh, you know, kind of find the silver lining or find the hidden gems and even the challenges and the struggles that come up. Um, there are, you know, whether there's things that do directly affect us, if the power went out right now while we're recording this, that would directly affect us. <laughs> but there's always, we always have the opportunity to respond or react to that in a positive way. So that's the other thing I lay out in the book is just reminding us some of the things that we can do to find that silver lining or respond to the events in our life in a way that will create a positive future and not just wear us down or exhaust us. Ah, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's I'm a high school basketball coach. And that's one of the mm. things I try to say to my players, like, you know, something goes wrong in the game, you know, it's how do you respond? How do you, uh, you know, you miss a shot? Like, do you let it affect you the whole rest of the game or do you yeah, keep playing? That's it. That's it. So, is that the same approach with the as being a recovery mindset coach or is that different? No. Yeah. So a little different. The work that I do specifically as a recovery mindset coach is, is all founded on this program that I developed called thriving in your recovery. Hmm. And it looks at a five, you know, five areas of life or five step process to kind of go through to help um, find that clarity and find that momentum and move in that direction of really living into our potential. And that's what my goal is to help, uh, help the people that I work with really live into their potential for happiness, for joy, for fulfillment, for success uh, in any ways that they're capable of. Unfortunately, people that have struggled with addiction in the past, there's so much consequence of that that wears down somebody's self-esteem, wears down mm -hmm. their sense of worth, wears down their vision and their understanding or their, their perception of what's possible for them. 
Mm-hmm. So really what I do is show people ways to kind of reawaken that spirit, um, you know, mm-hmm. that wonderment, that belief in their self, that belief in what's possible for them uh, so that they can really leverage their innate talents, leverage their innate strengths and create that life that they want instead of continuing to struggle from the consequences or the lingering effects of the past struggle that they've had. I, I saw that it's a it's a five-step program that... Uh, yeah people go through? How does that work? Yeah. So I, I, I kind of break it down into five different areas that we look at. So first we look at the foundation and this just looks at getting a, uh, a new or a different or a broadened understanding of what addiction is, how it affects us, how it creeps into our life. And, and so we can have a better understanding of maybe any of the lingering effects that come from it. So it's provides an opportunity to look at addiction in, in a different way, kind of, you know, similar mm-hmm. to the philosophy in the book, the spheres approach, it's looking at addiction in a way that's not just negative and just, you know, not having judgment against it, but mm-hmm. understanding yeah. what it is uh, looking at some of the benefits that come from it. I mean, the, the truth is people become addicted to things because it's a means of dealing with some kind of internal pain or providing mm-hmm. some form of escape. So there is some good that we seek mm-hmm. from these substances and behaviors. Unfortunately, the consequences uh, severely outweigh those those benefits that we get. But if we can look at the benefits that we do get in the moment or why we're driven to these substances or behaviors, then we can... It, it helps foster some compassion and some understanding for ourselves and the journey that we've gone because only from that positive place or that place of compassion, can we move forward? If we're, if we're constantly in a state of just disgust and frustration mm-hmm. uh, and fear about the past or fear about what might come, well, that doesn't put us in a place where we can be creative or where we can be analytical or where we can navigate our path to a better future uh, because of the clouds that are you know, just affecting our judgment or affecting our vision or affecting our sense of worth. So we're starting with the foundation, just laying a new foundation that we can build upon. And then we look at four different areas. And these are areas that are recognized in the science of human flourishing as different areas uh, that people must address in order to have a fulfilling, uh, a flourishing life. So we look at the area of positivity, mm-hmm. uh, which is developing a strong emotional resilience. So the, the greater emotional resilience we have, then the greater we can survive or navigate through the challenges and setbacks that we face. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're kind of worn down and exhausted and worn out and you have low sense of self-worth, then any little challenge that pops up can, can uh, run you off the track or, or kind of knock you back to square one. So we look at things that we can do to develop that greater emotional resilience. Then we look at the area of engagement. Mm-hmm. So how can we become more engaged in those things that matter to us? Mm -hmm. Uh, the area of meaning and purpose. So how do we cultivate a greater sense of meaning in our life? And where can we find meaning in the past struggles that we've had? If we only look at the past struggles that we've had in that context, that it was something, you know, that it was only negative and only bad came from it, whether it's past uh, traumas, past suffering, past negative experiences, just chapters of our life, then again, that frames it in a negative way. And it's so hard to take from negative to move forward. But if we can look at the strengths that we've gained, we can look at the new awareness, the new knowledge, the new compassion, and some of the positive things that came from it, then we can use that to, uh, you know, to move forward. And, and a lot of people that have struggled with addictive substances or behaviors, one of the leading things, the leading sources of pain that led them to that was lacking a strong sense of meaning and purpose. 
Yeah. Uh, it, when you don't have meaning in your life, it can leave an enormous void inside, which, you know, it's like a vacuum and it, you know, it sucks all your positive energy. It's, there's no source of that drive or that ambition. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we can help people find by looking at what they enjoy in their life, looking at what strengths they've had, we can help people uh, get some clues on what their meaning is and get really, and get clearer about what their meaning is then that can, you know, there's so much excitement, so much empowerment, so much joy that can come from that as we can help uh, individuals navigate that path towards something of greater meaning. And then lastly, looking at the area of achievement, mm -hmm. which uh, is how we can, you know, once we have that emotional resilience, once we're engaged in things that are meaningful to us and have that strong sense of meaning and purpose in our life, now how do we achieve those things that we want? How do we break through some of those barriers, those limiting beliefs, that self-doubt that might linger from the past, from our experiences in the past? How do we break through that to really achieve what we're capable of and what we want to uh, experience in our life? Are those four areas, are they like a, a hierarchy or do you just kind of want to have them all in balance? <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think uh, having them all in balance and this is why I look at these four different areas. And this, again, this is inspired by the science of human flourishing, which, which recognizes these different areas. But this is a huge aha for me is that these different areas, if we're not excelling or if we're not at least addressing concerns or addressing uh, weaknesses in these areas, then any one of them can be a vulnerability that breaks down that foundation and takes us back to a, to a negative place. So that's why we look at all of these areas. And when I work with individuals, well, many times we can work through these areas and then go back and revisit them because these are things that you can continue to work on, continue to progress in. Mm -hmm. um, it's just important that we don't spend all of our time just focusing on achievement and goal setting. If you don't have that sense of meaning and that direction in your life, or if you don't right. have the emotional resilience to deal with some of the challenges or setbacks, then everything that we do in the area of achievement is only going to go so far. And we're, and we're, you know, there's too much risk that something can, can break down that path or, or knock you off track. Wow. So how has the current um, COVID outbreak or epidemic, how has that affected your work? Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, certainly as, as with everything in life, there's some good and some bad that comes from it. I think that something that's good that's coming from it is a lot of the services I try to provide are in a lot of the ways I like to connect with people is virtually. Mm -hmm. So I think that through everybody's experience with this and, and working from home and having to leverage technologies like zoom or, or uh, uh, Facebook live or any, you know, any video of platforms like that, I think it's making people a lot more comfortable. So mm -hmm. there's, maybe a, a barrier to people getting some of the support and the services that they need because of the physical distancing or because they're afraid to physically go out and seek, seek support. But now that people are becoming more and more comfortable receiving things and engaging in things online, then that's mm -hmm. going to change not just my work, but really the whole industry uh, as a lot more people. One of the saddest things about the addiction recovery is that about, you know, only about 10% of the people that need the support or need the services or need help are mm -hmm. able to get it. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons for that. Some of it's financial, some of it's logistic. Um, some of it is just the shame and the fear that prevent people yeah. from actually reaching out to get the support. So that's a great thing I think that will come from, from technology and from being able to do things virtually because you know, you can, uh, there's a lot less expense in providing things uh, mm -hmm. virtually than there is if you had to have a brick and mortar and have to have people come in. So there's mm -hmm. that possibility. And then there's also the, and this is one of the things I love about the program that I offer is it, it, it provides privacy. It provides convenience. There's people mm -hmm. that I work with that wouldn't go to 
some other programs or some treatment centers because of that fear uh, or just the inability to spend that kind of time. But when I can meet with them on their phone uh, right. or, and, and provide them access to online material, they can go through it their, at their own pace. Well, then that provides a lot more for other people. So that's one thing that I'm kind of excited about to see. You know, I think a lot more people will be open to an understanding of the value that you can get from online, uh, mm-hmm. from online services. So if a, if a listener was listening to this and as they were listening, they're like, Hmm, that really sounds like me. These are some of the things I, I struggle with. What, what would you suggest they, they, what would be the first step? Um, so you can certainly reach out to me and if you want to drop my email in the show notes and that's, that's great. I've got yeah. some free resources that I can send, but I, uh, and if you want to learn more about the coaching that I do mm-hmm. both with, uh, with individuals one-on-one and then I have an online program for some people that don't need one-on-one support, but they mm-hmm. want some tools that they can implement in their own life. They can find all, all about that on my website, which is thriving in your And I'll give you a hyperlink that you can put in the, in the show notes so people can click on that. Oh, I've also got a workbook. I can't, I almost forgot to mention that. I've also got a workbook. It's called first steps to thriving in recovery. And it's, uh, this week it became available on Amazon. So if anybody wants just a little bit of exposure experience or some exercises that they can work through, uh, that's a great place to start. Uh, it's got, yeah, it's got some, you know, it's kind of an introduction to the work that I do, but it in and of itself is a great, uh, great workbook, great material, great message. Okay. That's great. That's awesome. All right. So uh, thank you a lot for coming on the show. And oh, thank um, you. So we're definitely going to put links to your, to your website as well as your email address and, and your books. And hopefully uh, people take advantage of this great resource. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate the work that you're doing and the message that you're sharing and uh, the inspiration that you're providing to others. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And remember, everyone has a story.